Welcome back to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. Yes, I say welcome back because we have been away, but we for sure are back. And we're back with a bang. The big bro and I are here together. We're going to go through what's happened and we're going to set up for this week's tournaments. AT&T, Byron Nelson and Sudal open in Belgium. So as I said, as always, he's here. Big bro, how are you? Yeah, hi, brother. How are you doing? You good? Yes, good. It's good to be back. It's it good to is be back. good to be back. Yeah, we had a couple of weeks hiatus, obviously for obvious reasons, but we are now back. Um, and yeah, fighting fit and raring to go and talking about the world of golf and what's going on and tournaments. Yeah, excited. Are you fighting fit? I kind of think I'm fighting fit, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm not fit. As... <laughs> I'm fighting, but I'm not fit. He's fighting for fitness. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's get into let's get into what we've missed over the couple. You know, it's been a bit of a a bit of a Spanish Spanish resurgence of late. Obviously, you've you know, on the European tour, DP World Tour, you've had Pablo Larrazabal has won a couple now this season already, and Adrian Aus got his nose over the line eventually in a few tournaments that we've been missing. And then over in the States, we've had John Rahm, you know, another Spanish, uh, Spanish man. Yes. All right. Mexico open. People said it was quite weak. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Was it, I guess it was kind of like a glorified KFT. Yeah, I think it, it probably was, although John Rahm wouldn't see it that way. And, and I think everybody, including the bookmakers, expected John Rahm to go and win. Um, maybe it wasn't the procession that maybe they thought it was going to be. It was a one-shot win from Tony Finau. But nevertheless, he won. And obviously not enough to catch Scotty Scheffler at the top of the world rankings. But yeah, certainly a, um, a Spanish procession over the last couple of weeks of tournaments. I mean, you mentioned Lorazabal. An amazing rise in the world golf rankings for him. You know, he started out the year at 362nd. He's now 68th in the world. And Adrianaus, very frustrating golfer over the last mm -hmm. couple of years, as you rightly say, got his first win. He's now 55th in the world rankings. So, you know, Adri gets that monkey off his back, gets the win. I expect him to go on and do some bigger things. He's certainly a talented golfer. But yeah, Lorazabal. Wow, what a rise. Well, a lot, Spanish, a lot of golfers. The, the Spanish players, you know, there was you know a lot of success for these Spanish players with Ram, Larathabal and Alonaus, as we just said, but also a bit of controversy. Um, oh, we yes. Can, we can talk about that while we're talking about the Spanish. And Sergio Garcia, wrongly done by, you know, wrongly done by, um, they set the timer wrong, they started at the wrong point and he got penalised because um, he couldn't find his ball. But then, Everyone knows there's a microphone near you at all times now on these big <laughs> events. And he oh. got out. There was there maybe in his head might have been going, lo siento, lo siento. And he was like, oh, no, I've said it. I've, they've heard it. It's all gone onto the media. And the media got hold of it and took it and ran with it. Sergio Garcia, go cool. to the other Yeah, I mean, Garcia, he, he's off, isn't he? Can't wait to leave this tour was the quote. Um, you know, absolutely amazing. Uh, somebody else called, come at, came out and called him a weapons-grade whiner. I mean, you know, there's some strong sentiments going about about this at the moment. And Sergio and Phil Mickelson, uh, probably the two of the high-profile names to be uh, 
to be Saudi bound or let's talk SGL LIV bound um, for that first tournament in Hertfordshire in the UK. So the, yeah, um, big story. The, the thing about Garcia and a lot of people turn around and say, how oh, disrespectful the PGA tour has given him everything. Well, I'm got, you know, Yes, the PGA Tour has given him a chance to win lots of money, but ultimately it's his talent, you know, and he's been one of the big draws on the PGA Tour and the European um, Tour for years and years. He is a name. He is a, a name that attracts people to golf courses, to golf tournaments, his Ryder Cup record, etc. So I'm not really okay with it. Oh, the PGA Tour has given you everything. How dare you disrespect it? He, to the moment, he probably regrets saying it as he did. But ultimately, if he was going to go to the, the LIV tour, then it was going to come out anyway. So, hey, why not bring it out in a heat of the moment situation when he was wrongly done by? Yeah, I, I see your point on that. I think it, it's it's becoming quite farcical, really, isn't it? If you look at, I mean, let's just talk about it a little bit, not dwell on it too much, because I'm sure over the next couple of weeks, it's probably going to come back to the fore in terms of discussion points on a lot of podcasts, a lot of writers out there with their publications, you know, posting stuff and obviously Brandel Shambly all over the place and, you know, getting a lot of criticism from everybody. Brandel Shambles. Yeah, Brandel Shambles, exactly. But, you know, he expresses his opinion. And as we've said on this podcast before, everybody's entitled to their opinion. So let's just spend a couple of minutes just talking about that. I, I think it's farcical in the sense that we have the Champions Tour and that you have to be 50 to get onto the Champions Tour. A lot of the players that are now expressing an interest for this Saudi Golf League are between the ages of 40 and 50. So what are we seeing? Are we seeing another are we seeing another breakaway tour that's going to be age group 40 to 50 that kind of stuff? I don't know, but uh, uh, and maybe maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on that, but I think you said earlier today when we were talking was you know there was something like 40 DP World Tour players have applied to play in the SGL is that right? Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. It's a report I saw um, online. I can't remember what site it was, but a reputable site. And it, I wasn't, you know, like the conservative fella looking for tractors and came up um, with this completely <laughs> different site. And for those in America, this is British politics at the moment. He was sitting in the House of Commons, apparently looking at a tractor website. And all of a sudden it came up. Instead of tractors are us, it was porn is us. <laughs> sitonmeface.com oh, hey do, do you know what it's it's um yeah 40 players and i don't know what 40 players um but it seems like the dp world tour is going to be decimated of players when it, it kicks off in absolutely yeah I, I mean certainly seems that way i mean mike lorenzo vera um you know he's come out as well and made a comment you know i think he put a tweet out something like you know um, what the fuck is going on in some players' heads, although he said WTF, um, before the LIV, it seemed that everybody was happy, was what he said. And he's just, uh, I think he posted the word ungratefulness. So there's a lot of angst, even amongst players. And, and there's going to be people that are for and against it, like with everything in the world. Um, but I think, you know, this is really probably going to create a bit of a divide, almost like a Brexit divide amongst the golf world, amongst the players that are out there and stuff. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting over the next couple of weeks. Once those names are down, every it's all out. You know, the applications are there. 
and that first tournament's coming up. When is it? In June, as I say, in the UK. But well, yeah. no one really, no one really cares, do they? Because Robert Garrigus is there, and that's all anyone really worries about. Um, <laughs> so happy days for Robert. Hey, it's you know when they went over and played in the the Saudi um, golf tournaments year on and year, you know, Dustin Johnson. I don't see Dustin Johnson getting absolutely battered for that. It's no different whatsoever. It's Saudi money. It's prize money put up there. They're playing in Saudi Arabia, the the, the heartland of injustice and human rights issue and, and complete and utter um, failure to get into the 21st century. I, but no one's going mad at these players for playing those tournaments. I don't see this as any anything different other than people are a little bit worried with the amount of money there. And perhaps it will encourage after the first, let's say the first series, as they're calling it, after the first series, what if people get a whiff of that money is actually quite attractive? The courses are quite good. We're getting looked after really, really well. All of a sudden, you could see an exodus. So I can see why there are a few jittery people connected with the PGA Tour and yeah, you know, it's it's right. And everyone's going to have an opinion. It's very subjective. Totally disagree with what goes on in many, many countries. Now, it's, you know, this will be controversial if you like. But in, you know, some states, there are practicing Ku Klux Klan members. In some states in America, you're not allowed to have an abortion after being raped. So there's so many injustices in this world at the moment. Let's not even get onto Ukraine. But everyone's good it's it's very very subjective and i think for people to get on the high horse over this they need to have a long hard look because we discussed it didn't we bro we discussed it um a month or so ago about boeing and disney and etc and etc so you know i think people need to have a long hard think about this and see whether they're just shooting from the hip um speaking before their brain is in gear or they truly believe what they're saying so it's um it's going to be interesting, like you said, over the next few weeks when more will come out as we get closer to the first tournament at Centurion Club. Heated debate for sure, and it will continue to rumble. I, you know, I listen to other podcasts and, you know, I like to take the time and listen to other people's views. And there's a lot of people in the golf world that have been around for a long time, ex-players who are now pundits and commentators expressing some hardline views about you know the disappointments of this so yeah it's i I think it's fascinating is what it is and i think you know there'll be a time over the next couple of weeks when we'll probably want to talk about it a little bit more but uh, probably the right time to probably move on and leave it there right now well let's have a look back at last week in the states then um a guy who's half half of next week's home venue for the PGA Championship. Half his name is in there. Oklahoma. Last week, <laughs> it was Max Homer. Excellent. Excellent line in that, bro. Yeah, Thanks, it was um, No, it was an interesting tournament, wasn't it? It's. I mean, listen, let's start out with Jason Day. We, we had Jason Day, and he's leading at 10 under after round two or nine under, whatever it was. And I think I put something out there, and I've actually capped it off, and I've said he, he actually found more water in round three than a reservoir holds. It was absolutely ridiculous. Now, I know the conditions were brutal, and it was tough it was cold it was wet you know it was raining and it was just tough but to see you know someone 
change so much over that third round and uh, what did he shoot nine over something like that. i think it was crazy crazy round but to go back to the winner max homer it was a homer and bradley shootout down the end wasn't it down the stretch um homer obviously i think had much of the advantage i think a lot of the crowd was certainly rooting for him two americans going toe to toe but for me the pivotal point last week was that 11th hole where there was a disagreement between Keegan Bradley and his caddy that I think cost Bradley the the tournament. I think it was Bradley's mistake. I think he got greedy. His caddy was asking him to play left, probably for the bunker or short, and he probably could have made bogey. Uh, he made double bogey, and he, you know, there was three shots behind Homer after the eleventh hole. So I think that was the big swinging point uh, in the weekend for me. But yeah, he's, he's a talented golfer, Max Homer, isn't he? Yeah, he won several times now, and he's um, you know, he's either when he's up there with a chance, he sees it out now, which is yeah. you know completely different, and his mindset. And what I like about him is that he, you know, he's very open on social media, and he's he he seems to be a very genuine young man. And there's nothing wrong with seeing someone like that do well at a sport. He's you know immensely talented at whether this can propel him to a major. You know, everyone starts talking about that when you win a few tournaments. You know, can he win a major? Scotty Scheffler, oh, can he win a tournament? Oh, now he's won tournaments. Can he win a major? Yes, he can. So will Homer go on in the same um, vein as uh, Scheffler? I I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's less consistent than Scheffler overall. Um, But you're right, Jason Day, you said, you know, more water than the reservoir. I'd say his balls were wetter than you would see at a swingers spa convention. It, it <laughs> mate, he was he was all over the place. He was just, and it that didn't surprise uh, me. I don't know why I wasn't surprised at I all. I know, I know, I know you. I mean, yeah, it was. Um, we were we were a bit edgy, weren't we? And I think we knew that kind of collapse was coming, but I didn't expect it to be that bad. Let, let's be honest about it. But listen, let's not dwell on it too much. He didn't win. He, he wasn't in with a chance after that uh, that third round. It was done. But it, it was a really good finish in, you know, what was tough conditions. Oh, mate, know. it was a day-night day performance, really, from him, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, going back to Homer, I, I just like, you know, I think you make a valid point there is, you know, look at what Scheffler was. Scheffler last year, right, was that it was almost like the nearly man. It's like, when is this guy ever going to win? And he was playing some good golf. And it's amazing what that win can do, isn't it? It's the, the confidence that it gives you to move on. And then look what Scheffler's gone and done this year. He's just gone to a different level. He's in a different stratosphere. He's world number one. Homer, why can't someone like Max Homer go and do that? I, I agree with you. He's probably not as consistent. But we didn't think that about Scheffler last year. So who knows? You know, again, win behind the sales, confidence. Someone like Max Homer, I think he's got the ability. Certainly good talents. Well, you look at this is a great segue now going in. You look at, you know, Richard Bland winning his first tournament and God knows how many starts and then giving him a confidence to go and compete at the likes of, you know, the world match play and compete with the top players in top tournaments. So Richard Bland made a decision, hasn't he? Yeah, he well, he certainly looks like he's made that application. If you read the dispatches to join the SGL, um, which I, I find quite interesting, having had a chat with Richard last year, as we did on our podcast. Mm. Um, you know, th- we, I guess, 
didn't see that coming. I think we may have like pressed a little bit and sort of said, you know, what, what do you think about that? And maybe it was a sit on the fence moment. Maybe he had an idea what he wanted to do. Uh, or maybe it's it's a new thing that's come to him and thought, well, you know what? It's There's a lot of high profile people going. Why not? I can probably just slip under the radar a little bit. I can make quite a bit of money if I play some good golf that I'm playing at the moment. And maybe I don't have to go so quickly onto the Champions Tour and move over to America. You know, I can travel to America, play in these tournaments. So, yeah, interesting. I'm not going to say it's a U-turn, but it's an... it's certainly an interesting decision, and I'd love I'd love to chat to Richard again and try and find out what the rationale behind it is. But um, I-, I don't know. But yeah, it's it was a good segue into that that point. I don't know what your view is. Well, you know, it's everyone's eyes are getting lit up, aren't they? You know, a combined prize money fund of more than two hundred and fifty five million dollars, and you know, and then there's a team team events you know five million for the top three teams and after you know those seven events have been complete the top three individual players will share a prize from the 30 million so not only do you get your winning prize money for each tournament and i haven't seen what that is as of yet but i think we can we can have a look obviously it goes centurion and pumpkin ridge goes over to portland new jersey boston chicago before going to Saudi Arabia and finishing up at Trump National in Florida. It's there's so much money, Graham. There's so much money up for it's obscene. grabs. It's obscene, obscene amount of money. Yeah. But you know, I can't blame you wouldn't blame him. You wouldn't you know Richard Bland, what does he do? He waits till he's 50 and then goes over to America. And we know that's super competitive, you know, with the likes of Jim Furick and Bernard Langer and um, Alka and Paddy Harrington. Darren Clark and so yeah Richard Bland is probably a better player than them if you like nowadays um but it's still competitive and you're going to be in reduced fields 54 holes no cut you're guaranteed prize money every time you turn up at these events so I can see why Richard is thinking about his future thinking about his uh, his family and um, I'm saying do you know what I'm okay with myself, you know, my, my ethics, my morals are fine. I'm happy with that. Spoken to my partner about it. Let's go for it. So yeah, he didn't, he didn't come across as if he was going to join when we had the chat with him and he was, wasn't that interested. It was all about the um, champions tour, but no, it's an interesting mindset. I don't disagree with anything you've said at all. And yeah, look at it from someone like Richard Brand, uh, Richard Bland's, uh, angle is, you know, I, I can go and win one of these big tournaments, make a shed load of money and probably make the same amount of money that I probably would three years on the Champions Tour. I mean, exactly. so so why wouldn't you? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but um, yeah, you just got to weigh all of that up. But listen, we're talking about Richard Bland. It's a great segue back into last week's tournament at the Belfry for the British yes, Masters. Where he I mean, won what, it last year. What a tournament. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I seriously, I mean, come on, listen, I, I'm hurting a little bit in the pocket because I did. I did have a little bit of money on Sebastian Soderberg when he was in the clubhouse at nine under. And at that point, I thought nobody's going to reach nine under. The course is tough. That's it. it I know the 17th is a par five, but they're two tough finishing holes. And the 18th is a brute. Oh, the 18th is a brute. The 18th is yeah. a brute. Absolute brute, right? But you do not expect any golfer, I don't care who it is, right? But certainly not 
Torbjorn Olsson. I'm not knocking the guy because he played some absolutely phenomenal golf. There you go, I've said it. Woo-hoo! But to Eagle 17 and Birdie 18, Saturday and Sunday, and win by one shot. That is incredible. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody thought after 15 holes of that final round that Olison was going to get back into that. Not even Olison thought that. I mean, oh, his head mon- was down. Two monster putts. Two monster putts. Out, where, mm. Where'd you pull them out from? His head was down. His ball, balls were all over the place again, like a um, swingers. No, anyway, it was his balls were all over the place. His driving was erratic. You just couldn't see. You'd, this guy looked like he just wanted to get off that course there and then. He wanted the ground to swallow him up. But then all of a sudden, something clicked. And I think, I think the moment was is when he found out that Richie Ramsey had put his approach into into the water and made a double. And then he saw, I reckon he saw a glimmer of hope. I think he saw a glimmer of hope and he thought, okay, well, let's just get me swing back in. All I've got to do is make two good swings off the tee, 17, 18. I could give myself a chance or at least I can get up to second or third, a bit more prize money because he was fading away. And it was just, it was that moment, wasn't it? You know, it was obviously meant to be for him. Like you said, unheard of to eagle those two holes consecutive days let alone forget the eagle, but to birdie 18 on consecutive days. I don't think you'll see that again. Unbelievable. At that, at that course. Absolutely. And, and maybe, Craig, this is where your mind coach really does come to the fore. I mean, a lot of these golfers spend a lot of money, you know, on mind coaches. Uh, the young lad we're following from the Wirral, Spencer Davis, has now got a mind coach. You know, he's talking to someone and, uh, and that's at a young age. They spend a lot of money. So, you know, Olison's standing on 17 and he's thinking, right, I'm three shots behind. What did I do yesterday? I eagled birdie finish. Eagled 17, birdied 18. I can do that again. It's an absolutely brilliant drive down 17. Superb second shot into the heart of the green. Almost pin high. Monster putts. And that gives you so much momentum. And he's got to be standing on 18th tee thinking, I can do this again. You know, it's like nobody, nobody on earth would have thought he could have done that. It was it was just absolutely brilliant. Hats off to him. You know, the guy, we're not going to talk about the troubles because it's well documented, but the guy's had a lot to put up with over the last few years. You know, he's got a son, he's got a partner, and he goes and win, wins a golf tournament. That is a big weight off your shoulders. So, yeah, I, super yeah. performance. Super. Great, great performance. I think he's, um, yeah, he's come back from the dead. If you like, um, you know, it's no Tiger Woods um, recovery, but he was in a dark, dark place, and he's come out of that, got his head down, and it could have eased. Uh, do you know what? You could have seen him completely disappear off the golfing cliff, if you like, if he hadn't got that done. But I think golfing gods looked down at him, said, "Right, okay, here's yeah, your chance." Absolutely amazing, and he, he took it. Right, that's enough for last week, I think. Let's talk about, we're going to talk about the, the PGA Championship, obviously, next week in a lot more depth. But big breaking news, Phil Mickelson was in hiding. He signed up. He's going to be playing at Southern Hills as well as Tiger. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And we will talk about it more, obviously, as it deserves for PGA Week next week. But yeah, I'm quite surprised by this, if I'm honest, that um, Phil would come back the major i mean it's a statement and a half isn't it the, the guys he, he's clearly got some you know he's got some kahunas he's like he knows uh, it to come to a major 
after what's happened and have like you know two two and a half months out in the wilderness is is quite something so yeah i'll be i'll be watching the interviews and and what happens and maybe he won't give any interviews i don't know but uh you know the, the phil story is is amazing isn't it i was reading something earlier on i think it's something like he, he reportedly accumulated 40 million dollars in gambling debt in a four-year period between 2010 2014 in which a period in which he won five times including two majors um you know and sec scandals and stuff like that it's just you know around insider trading absolutely crazy mm. the, the, it's yeah it's the guy could have books 10 times over and they'd be captivating reads but yeah mass, massive massive decision but can't wait to talk about that next week well i think he'll have less heat on him um with tiger there you know it's the fact that Tiger will take some of that heat and some of that limelight away from him. And he'll get a warm reception because he is Phil Mickelson. And what's he truly done? You know, he's probably just annoying. Willie, Willie, though. Willie. I think he will. I think he will. Where is it? Oklahoma. Um, Southern Hills, Oklahoma. Yeah. I think if it was, I think if it was somewhere a bit rowdier, um, let's say if he reappeared at the Waste Management, then uh, he might, it might be slightly different. He might have a few cans chucked at his head on that par three. Yeah, but, hey, just something you wouldn't do. <laughs> no, you just you wouldn't just do that, would you? No. But yeah, hey, it's... yeah, that is good. Any other news you want to talk about before we get onto this week's tournaments, bro? Just a couple of points, really. I, Justin Thomas, he's got a wedding upcoming. Interesting decision in that he's he's basically made one rule: um, no phones at all at the wedding. Not one single phone. Nobody allowed to take pictures, videos, just total privacy. Don't you think? I mean, that that's quite amazing in this day and age, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It is, you know. But how are people going to watch TikTok? No, exactly. Yeah, or 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 the dodgy videos, whatever. Uh, and the last point I've got: a University of Texas senior. He made two hole in ones during a U.S. Open qualifier event. Happened to actually be the grandson of 1971 Masters champion Charles Cody. Parker Cody was his name at Forest Creek Golf Club in Texas. Two par threes, two hole in ones. That's amazing, isn't it? The grandson of 1971 Masters winner. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, I don't know. He must be in his 30s. I think 37, something like that. I'm going to say. But yeah, interesting news in the world of golf. So there's just a couple of more bits from me, really. No, so I think it's that great that we move into the tournaments this week. Actually, before we do, little joke oh. for you. What do you oh. call an IT teacher who touches his students? A, uh, I don't know. A PDF file. Oh, anyway. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. Unbelievable. <laughs> Only you would know those jokes. Like Statman, Excel no, no. spreadsheet, PDF yeah, file. Exactly. <laughs> I can just imagine you and your mates uh, over a Zoom coming up with all these little IT jokes. Oh, I could have a separate po podcast about my Zooms with uh, with me mates. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. It would be all right. of two minutes. <laughs> Let's get on. Let's get Let's on to this week. It. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, so just before we get into the tournaments previously on bros and birdies the golf podcast we have been given a lowdown a, a quite an in-depth lowdown on the golf courses and setups and stuff like that but we're going to change it up so we're going to we'll have a little chat about it we'll do an overview or you will i know you like doing the courses and what have you and i'll do the weather but if you want there is so much out there so the likes of pga tout on twitter at pga tout john hasselberger 
he comes up with so every single week complete and utter in-depth approach to the courses this week especially on the pga so there's plenty to find out on there so we're not going to bore you with that we're just going to get straight into it and we're going to head over to belgium just outside antwerp for the sudal open and what can you tell us about this course big bro so just again very high level as you say we're, we're going to kind of keep this really punchy um but it's a par 71 so it's in terms of full stroke play tournaments it's a new event at this golf course. Um, the yardage is just a shade under 7,000 at 6924. Uh, and we've got 13 par fours on this course, which is quite interesting. You don't normally see that. Only two par fives and three par threes. It is actually a course that has held two short format shootout type comps in 2018 and 19. In 2018, we had Adrian Otegi. Uh, who won it. And in 2019, we had the Italian Migliozzi, who won that one. And Lee Westwood also won two Belgicom Opens, not at this course, in uh, 98 and the year 2000. So just a little bit of history there in terms of competitions in Belgium. But yeah, that's just a little overview about the course. A couple of characteristics, really flat, tree-lined. Uh, from what I've read, the rough is a little bit tough, and we've got water on about eight holes. And I think we're looking at some, you know, accuracy off the tee and GIR this week. If you're looking at players who are performing well in those areas, you could um, line in with the winners or the winner of this competition. So that's just a very brief overview about the Sudal Open. Yeah, Weather-wise, yeah. bro? Anything? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, completely. As you said, it quick overview. There are very approachable par fours on this course. You said a lot of par fours, but our par fours 340, 326 can play sort of 290, um, 305. Another one can play about 310, but it's 349. They've got different tee boxes. Um, the 16, 344. So, although it's 6,900 yards. There are many, many approachable and drivable par fours, depending on the tee setup at this course this week. So, like you said, a bit of trees. I also see a sort of remembrance of Wentworth here with the sort of trees and the tall pines and, and what have you. I'm not saying it's as tricky as Wentworth by no stretch of the imagination, but I like it. I like the look at it. I did an over, a flyover. Thomas Peters and an ex-footballer did a little um, thing on YouTube, played about six holes. And a lot of the time, although this video, this will make you laugh, this video was in Flemish. Um, so, it, But instead of having the subtitles in English, the sub subtitles were also in Flemish. <laughs> so, Ridiculous. It's like, what the hell's going on here? So every now and then I could just hear Thomas Peters go, three, one. It's like, okay, it's going to take three woods. But yeah, there was a lot of three woods. So I think you can take a lot of three woods off the tees on those par fours. Give yourself plenty of chances. Stat-wise, you said approaches and what have you. Definitely. For me, this is a course, I think it's quite good. You'll see in some of my picks that um, lads that have played this course before will come in um, hugely uh, and advantageous, I believe. And it's about players that are putting the ball in the right place, tactically astute, um, strategically astute around this golf course, and I think they'll get a good score out of this course, is my honest opinion. Weather-wise, um, not looking windy um, too much, not much out there to bother them. 
Um, there hasn't been a lot of rain. Um, it is naturally, this is built on a, a natural fen. So it's always a little bit softer, the fairways. So they won't get much roll out of these fairways, but the greens might be a bit receptive. So that's the course from me. Um, anything else from you? No, not really. I think, again, sticking on the theme of, you know, kind of not dwelling on the tournaments too much. I think, you know, we're not going to go too much in terms of the stat angles that we've looked at. I think, you know, we come up with our players in terms of what my players are based on, you know, what they've done this year in course form and looking at those couple of stat angles. So, you know, I think it's probably a good point to go into them. And then we can move into the Byron Nelson. Okay, well let's let's crack on then. Let's get our picks for okay. the Sudal Open. Off you go, bro. How many All have you right. got? So I'm going to go with four this week. Uh, okay, I'm going to play Thomas Peters, uh, eighteen yep. to one. I'm going to let uh, the viewers and listeners decide what they want to do in terms of the markets. Obviously, we know there are betting without markets, etc. And I haven't looked we too have, deep on the price. We have no viewers, mate. Yeah, well, okay. Let's let's stop then. Um, no, Thomas Peters, um, Adrian Otegi. Adrian Otegi, I think, has played well here in the past. Um, obviously, we talked about that uh, fast shootout in eighteen ninety one. Um, Thomas Detree, I think he's he's due a big tournament for me this year. Um, so I'd I'd like to see him play well this year. Uh, he's one of my picks, and Gavin Green. Um, I've gone for a, a bit of a, a an outsider at 110 to one. So it's Thomas Peters 18 to one, Ategi 25 to one, Detri 28, and Gavin Green 110 to one are my four picks this week. Okay, also gone for four this week, and I, I do like your um, see the Thomas Peters, yeah, Thomas Peters and Thomas Detri home tournament for these guys. So you'd say they're going to put the best foot forward. Um, Artigi is one of mine because he played well on that knockout over the two rounds in 2018 and because he's been in a bit of form. And when he gets that ball striking well, I think he's got plenty of chances. So 25 to 1, like you said, other markets are available. We'll be looking at them and we'll be sticking it on our social media sites, what we're actually going for. So Artigi for me. My second one is Campillo who's been playing well this season also and has got history on this course. Campia, I'm not sure about the price, totally. I'm also taking Justin Walters, who played really well, really well last week. No three putts last week from Justin Walters. Um, and A little, little bit of a health check there, bro, on that one. He played pretty much, he played the last round, I believe, with a sprained ankle. Okay. Um, so okay. yeah, I I just um, have a look into that one and and see you know if you can find anything where he's recovered. But yeah, it was impressive in that final round. I, I like that pick, Walters. Good well, player. he was he was third in the tee to green um, stats last week, but he, his chance went like you said. He had a bad a bad head injury, and the last round he didn't play that great. He was in a with a chance at Wentworth as well until the final bad round again. So if he is playing and he's fit enough. I'd say he'd be a decent price. And also my fourth one is Soderberg. Should have won last week. Should have won for you. Should have won for himself. Should have won his second tournament on the DP World Tour. I think he played well enough to show that he can find those greens again this week, which is very much needed, very much needed. And he can go in again at a big price. Yeah, a little bit of current form. I think that's really good. All right, like okay. those picks. Well, there you go. Peters for you, Artigi for both of us, Detree for you, Gavin Green, Soderberg, Walters if he's fit, 
Atiga for me also, and Campillo. There yeah. you go, guys. Superb. Like those right. picks. Nice little Ooh. army. I like little. Hey, do you know what? It's a nice rush through that, and I kind of like our approach. We went bish bash bosh. Abbots. Here are picks. Let's get on to it. And you know, we can talk about. You know, there will be the the majors like the PGA next week. We're a bit more in depth talk about stats and stat angles and players and decisions we're making them. Well, we've got two tournaments and we don't want to bore you. So let's get on over to the AT&T Byron Nelson, a TPC Craig Ranch in Texas for the second year at TPC Craig Ranch. You can tell us more. Okay, excellent. Yeah, lo- love the name, Craig Ranch, obviously. Got, got a great name. Like you say, second of five years in a deal that they had starting last year. Um, Craig Ranch has held or hosted Q School and KFT events in the past, but obviously only the first year on the PGA Tour last year. It's a past 72, uh, just a shade under 7,500 yards with your traditional layout of par 4s, par 5s and par 3s. There are a couple of drivable par 4s that we get on this uh, side of the water. So the Byron Nelson, as well as the event in Belgium. We talked about drivable par fours as well. Uh, expect a low scoring event here this week again. I think it was 25 under last year was the winning score. Uh, obviously, will depend on conditions. And I don't know what you've got from us with the, the weather. But in terms of this course, there is a creek that weaves its way throughout the course. Uh, and there's 83 bunkers on this course. A lot of bunkers on this Tom Wisecoff 2004 design. So, yeah, just a, there's a, a few important things about the course characteristics. I think the par three statistics will be important in this tournament uh, this season, as I think it was last season. So, yeah, I've looked at par three. I've certainly looked at um, GIR. Um, not so much around the driving accuracy, um, but certainly the par four scoring as well, I've looked at. So there, there's a few of my stat angles as well as course layouts. Anything on the weather from you, bro? Yeah, it's going to be hot, I tell you. It's going to be hot. And it's going to have the usual Texas breeze coming through across the mountains, down onto the green, green, delicious dance floor, dance floors. That is TPC Craig Ranch. Although, I don't actually like the golf course. I was surprised that they didn't cancel their contract after last year. I thought it was easy. I thought it offered nothing as a spectacle and as a tournament. But, hey, doesn't mean we can't pick a winner. But, yeah, so that's, it's going to be um, quite straightforward. Not much weather to complain about for these guys. But it will be hot. It will be humid. Interesting. Last year, you actually picked Scheffler in this tournament. And uh, there's quite an interesting stat that you gave out on last year's podcast, which was Scotty Scheffler actually won a nine hole tournament at the age of seven. Um, Now, look, at we've already talked about the meteoric rise of Scotty Scheffler. So can he return to a place that, you know, he started his golf journey at a young age and find that winning touch here as well? Quite possibly. Why not in the form that he's in? Obviously, also. Jordan Spieth has a, a good knowledge of this course. And Taylor Gooch has played well here in Q School and KFT events in a three-year stretch between 2014 and 16. So there's just a, a few call-outs there to tag on to the characteristics of the course. And, and Craig's giving you a, a very quick year high about yeah. the weather. So why don't we just go into our picks, bro? 
We might go into our picks, but Scott Scheffler was nine. He played well around here, won a tournament, but he got beat last year, 14 shots by KH Lee. Mm. He probably could have beaten him when he was nine. But hey, we never know. It's a, it's not an interesting course for me, as I've said before. I don't think I'm going to get a sponsorship from TPC Craig Ranch. Um, but hey, let's get into these picks. Now, you've talked about your, your stat angles. A quick stat angle for me is about the guys that find the dance floors and occasionally get a hot stick. And for me, that's what I'm going for. This, this, I think it's easy, generous fairways. I think a lot of fairways will be found. And even if you miss them, I don't think it's going to be really penal. And I think that the greens are big enough. It's all going to be about approach and on the greens. Will they dance the dance and win the 18T Byron Nelson? What a man Byron Nelson was, by the way. Anyway, let's get into it. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a very nice man. Okay. Um, <laughs> would you like to go first? Yeah, let's go for it. Right, I'm just going to rattle them off. Um, I have gone for Scheffler, 11 to 1. I think that's a decent price for what he's done this year. World, world number one. When favorite. you get someone like, I know, favourite backer, but listen, Rom at Mexico was 4 to 1. Scheffler's 11 to 1 here. <laughs> and yeah, I, I like it. Um, next pick, Sam Burns finished second here last year, I think, 20 to 1. Enticing price. Xander Schofley. Uh, really fancy his chances this week, 22 to 1. And I mentioned him earlier on. It's Taylor Gooch, 45 to 1, slightly bigger price. I think he's got some course form here that could come to the fore. And they are my four plays this week. Oh, get off me, Gooch. Get off me, Gooch. Hey, <laughs> Xander, Xander Shuffle, um played very well, didn't he? Um, In the Zurich with Cantley, yeah. With, pa- with Paddy Cantley. And they did, they did well. They did well. Yeah, Burns. Yeah, he, he, I've been burned by him a few times. But Scheffler, do you know what? That's a good stable. Do you know? Talking of stables, you see the Kentucky Derby last weekend. I didn't, mate. No. Did I see it? Oh, you've got to watch the video. Rich Strike, the outsider of the whole field, hundred plus to one, came pretty much from last to first. It was I, it was just crazy, and then he then he bit the outrider's leg as he was getting taken to the winners' enclosure. But yeah, hell of crazy a crazy horse, crazy horses. <laughs> right, let's get into it. So my picks this week, I'm going to go for a a, a, a woo. who Matty Wolf, <laughs> <laughs> the Wolf Man, the Wolf Man is back. Do you know what? He played. He played well um, recently, and he's turned around. He said he played a, a practice round at his local course and lost pretty much every ball that he had in his bag. Then came out and played really well. I think his mindset's changed. I think he saw that and went, "Do you know what? I don't have to put too much pressure on myself, and I don't think he has to put too much pressure on himself to be in contention at TPC Craig Ranch for AT&T Byron Nelson. And at ninety to one, and you can get a decent price in the market without the likes of Dustin Johnson, Scott Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, et cetera, et cetera. So have a look at the prices. Matty Wolf, first pick. Christian Bazudin. All right. The Christian player Bazudin. you can't say the name, yeah? Bizarre yeah. Bazudin. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100 to 1. Um, oh, he, will, he will find plenty of greens. Plenty of greens. And if he can get that flat stick working like a thing of beauty, like a machete on a piece of sushi i don't know i think 100 to 1 good price hoagie cokey cokey tom hogue 
100 to 1. He has been Mr. Consistent for the early part of the season. Drifted out a bit of form. I think this is sort of course we really love. Greens, fairways, regulation, hoagie, gogie, gogie, 100 to 1. And I got the power. Seamus Power. I diddly D. It's a paddy for me. Seamus Power, 55 to 1. He will find plenty of greens. And I feel that this man from East Tennessee University will be in contention come Sunday at TPC Craigrange. What a brilliant segue that might be. That might be a brilliant segue, East Tennessee College. But hey, you can only find out if you tune in to every single episode, you horny bitches. <laughs> what a stable of players <laughs> to, to go with my four near on favourites. So yeah, like them, Craig. Hey, hey, listen, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling really uh, excited about steady. this. Steady, all right, steady. steady. <laughs> Get your wife. Get your wife. <laughs> lock not? up your lock up your daughters. Oh, <laughs> uh, wicked! Right, is that it? Yeah, that, are we done? That is unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Well, guess that, what? Next guess week. What? We've only got the USPGA yes, Championship, well Southern Hills Country Club, Finn McCusson, Tiger Woods. Oh, do I like it? Yes, I do. So that's what we'll be do- talking about next week on Bros and Birdies. We'll be coming to you every Tuesday, if we can, at the latest, because we want to get you the info before all the prices go. And we will. We'll endeavour to get those prices to you and our picks to you on a Tuesday. So stay tuned to Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. That's it for this week. Enjoy the tournaments, bet sensibly, and be, be lucky. Especially if you're on, oh, the Ogi Ogi. It's from me. Goodbye. And it's from me. Goodbye. Ciao for now, as they say in Clendale.